Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos, and I'm really excited, as I always am when I do the show, because it means I get to interview another incredible person in our small business slash entrepreneurial uh, community. So let me bring on my guest, Carrie Gard, who is the COO of MKG Marketing. Her website is mkgmarketinginc.com. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought this was a fun fact that you hinted at before we went on live, but you're currently on an island. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, I'm actually in the Channel Islands uh, in between England and France right now. So just moved here in July. Uh, My husband is from here originally, which is why we are, we have moved back. We were originally in the Seattle area and now we are, we are here. Oh, I love it. Uh, When did you, uh, when did you and your husband decide to make the move? July. Yeah. Wow. So during the pandemic. During the pandemic. Because why not? Because um, why not? <laughs> uh, no, uh, the island we're on actually got COVID under control and it's COVID free. And so Love that's it. why we decided to make the leap. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that you uh, you and your husband had decided that you wanted to make a shift and you wanted to be in a safe space and you did it. Um, of course, there are definitely people who maybe not have the same advantages, but either way, it's great that you knew that you had an option and you took it. Um, because I think you and I probably know as entrepreneurs that sometimes people just stay in their situation and they complain about it and they do nothing yeah. about it. So I think it's amazing that you and your husband decided to make that leap. Thank you. It was yeah, a tough decision. Yeah, I'm really happy. Really happy we did it. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine, given it was like basically the middle of the pand- pandemic when you guys decided to make that shift. <laughs> yeah, the the main reason was we have twins who are four years old, and in Guernsey they start school at four, going on five, mm. and so with COVID being under control, we were like, we can actually send our kids to school without yeah. any restrictions. Like, why would we? not give that to them. So that was really what pushed us to do it. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, my heart really goes out to kids uh, nowadays in this time where, you know, they say at a young age, it's all about having that in-person, like hands-on tangible type Mm -hmm. of experience. And I even think about my son-in-law who um, he's two now, and he's only known of us through video. Like he's never met us in in person yet. And I just only imagine what that's going to look like, you know, if we actually meet in person, like, will he recognize us? Like, will he freak out? Because like, we are, we we like came out of the screen. Like, what is that going to be like? Um, Obviously we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but you know, those, those questions definitely come up. Yeah. The, the, and the reason why we could, we could make the move is because our company has been remote since Mm -hmm. we began eight years ago. I think that if I was working for a company that wasn't used to being remote, I don't know that I could have been able to do it so easily, but we've been remote since the onset. So there was no change for our company when the pandemic and set in and everybody had to go remote. It was like normal day for us at MKG. Yeah. And so yeah. uh, it made the the leap a little bit easier knowing that I could create flexibility around still being there for my team, but you know, having a five to eight hour time difference. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, well, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about your company, Carrie. So MKG Marketing. Um, first of all, I think it's absolutely amazing that uh, your company has been remote from the get-go. Um, I think that is what a lot of people aspire to do. And not only were you able to set that foundation, but able to sustain it for um, the last eight, year, eight years is what I'm hearing. So tell us a little bit about what MKG Marketing is about and um, you know, the ideal clients that tend to come your way. Sure. So MKJ Marketing is a digital marketing agency. We specialize in SEO, PPC, and analytics. Our whole goal is to help uh, tech clients grow big through uh, transparent, measurable media. And I want to focus on transparent, measurable because it's really important to us from our Mm -hmm. values to why we got started. So we got started originally because my business partner and I had met at another agency where we were working on really big brands, doing really big campaigns, but at the end of the campaign, our clients would always ask, so like, how did we do? And how much money do we make? Mm. Like, well, it was an awareness campaign. And so we got you this much visibility. And they were like, but how much money did we make? We were like, right. we didn't measure that. And so right. we were like, we need, you know, my husband had just gotten a job at Netflix. We were moving down to the mm. valley. And I was like, hey, you know, Mike and I sort of had been brainstorming in the back of like, wouldn't it be cool to have a company that like only focused on like a company's bottom line and really helping them grow like, you know, in terms of leads and money. And I was like, and I'm heading down to the Valley. So like what better place to start them with tech? Like, let's go. And so right. we just headed down to San Francisco and, and started there and, you know, was really great to start with tech companies because they did have some of their funnel figured out mm-hmm. from a measurable standpoint. And we could know we put a dollar in one end and get it out the other and so it was a real, it, and then we've just been focused on that ever since and mm-hmm. making sure that people have and clients have their funnels really lined up and that you can really measure it from both an SEO and PPC standpoint. You know, you don't want to mm-hmm. just put money into a system and then not know if it's working. Like you got to know that it's right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I think you brought up something really important, Carrie, and it's that. Uh, popularity doesn't always equal profitability. And I think that a lot of businesses, um, at least when in the early stages of trying to get online, um, they thought that if they got more, I mean, I think it also depended on the time that they went online, but mm-hmm. you know, they, they had this impression that, oh, if I get more exposure, that's going to equate to sales. But that's not, that's not always the case. And unfortunately, a lot of um, digital marketing agencies, they primarily focus on visibility rather than profitability. And so, yeah, of course, every business is going to ask like, well, did I make money out of it? Like, did we profit from it? So it's really amazing that, you know, um, you identified that very early on and realized like, Hey, we gotta, what people really want is to, you know, um, do something with their bottom line. They want to, they want to see a return on investment. And there's a different way to do that other than just the surface level, like, Oh, you got a lot of exposure. You got a lot of likes, you got, you know, you got this much reach, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I mean, I think awareness can come into play, especially once you've sort of established your foundation in terms of your funnel, in terms of your nurturing campaigns through email, in terms okay. of what your assets are in, you know, giving away, you know, impertinent information to your audience to help, you know, to bring them on board. Once you have that foundation and then you layer in, you know, bottom funnel execution from SEO and PPC then you will get to a stage where the awareness piece makes sense and Mm -hmm. you need to then create demand now that you've captured all the people who already know about you, but Mm -hmm. you can't, you got to start first with a much smaller audience 
hone in on what they need, hone in on that perfect funnel, layer in, you know, how to get more people who look like them and then go out to the greater public. You Mm. can't do it the other way around. You're just throwing money out the window. Right. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you sharing that um, a little briefly and, you know, a good reminder (laughs) of how to really approach uh, the internet. Can you give me just maybe like one or two um, sample clients that you're currently working on that you're proud to be working with and and are seeing um, the results of what, you know, your main objectives are with MKG marketing? Yeah, uh, we actually have one client. um, I'm going to hold their name. uh, But if you're more curious, and I think we have a case study on the website. Um, we've been with them for over four years now and it was really, they're so my favorite because we started with them four years ago when they were just sort of out of that startup stage Mm. and they were just finding their feet from a marketing perspective. And now they're exploding. Like they are at the awareness stage. They are asking for that. Okay. We now need to create demand on, we, you know, we've got an audience now that knows who we are. We've tapped into them. They're buying from us. Now we Mm. need to go create more demand around what it is we're doing. We sort of hit the ceiling in these more bottom funnel execution tactics. Like what more can we be doing? Mm -hmm. And so it's been really fun to now like stretch our legs with them and really, you know, help them, you know, get to that next level and take off. And it's been such a fun journey watching their marketing department evolve and their they're just such great people and they're so smart and they're just doing so much right. And that makes sense. And it's just an honor to have them as a client. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's, it's, it's one thing to like, you know, work already work with a company that is doing good and then to be a part of that, you know, change and be a part of that progress is must be very fulfilling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, what's cool about it is, I actually started on the account, you know, when you start a company early on, you're, you're filling in the seats, right? And mm-hmm. so um, I was an account director early on trying to just, you know, help facilitate the experts doing what they do and creating that client experience. So it was really fun to sort of hit the ground running with them and then be able to pass that off to, act, you know, when we actually hired account directors and hand that off to them and then continue to watch the evolution. It's just been just a joy being part of, of their journey. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. And I love hearing every minute of it. (laughs) Uh, Carrie, let's go ahead and shift gears. And I know that offline, we're uh, talking a little bit of what we really wanted to share today. And and I think it's really uh, the way that you and your company have approached your business. So early on, we mentioned that um, the foundation of your business, very early on, early on, you decided to go remote. So let's go back to that time because, you know, I think I think even not even a few years ago, some people thought that remote work was still like, you know, skeptical. Like it's still something like, oh, like, can you really work from home? Can you really be productive? And so, you know, going back eight years, um, how did you decide as a company, like, we want to be remote? Well, it was sort of, I'm going to use the word evolution again, because it really was, we originally, it was just me and my business partner Mm -hmm. and it didn't make sense to have an office for the two of us. Um, (laughs) And so he, he did end up getting an office, but it was very small and just for him, just so that he could like leave home, which I totally get. But for me, I'm a total homebody. So I was perfectly happy (laughs) working from home. And so it just from a cost standpoint, it just made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And he was living in the city and I was living in San Jose and commuting every day. Like I, that was a waste of time. Like right. there was wasting hours being on a train. That didn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. we were just way more productive working 
um, through, oh gosh, what was the video chat we used at the time? I think we were using Hangouts. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like when it first came out, yeah, I think we were using Hangouts. Um, and chat, we were using a different chat system. I mean, all these different systems that don't, I don't even know if they're around anymore, but mm-hmm. got, but that started, that sort of paved way for these other new systems that are now bigger and better like Zoom and, and Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were perfectly happy just working over these systems. We were really incredibly productive. It was just the two of us. We did end up bringing on a contractor who was in Portland at the time. Mm-hmm. And so that he was awesome and we loved having him. And so we ended up hiring him. He's our first employee. And, um, and he was in Portland. He couldn't come work with us in San Francisco. Right. It's like, um, hey, like just uproot your life and work with us. <laughs> just move with your whole family. No big deal. Um, right. And and he had kids and yeah. So it just made sense that, you know, then we hired another person who um, was in the Portland area with our other employee, but they loved working from home. They had a ton of flexibility and that just mm-hmm. worked for them. They had families. It just... Mm-hmm. It worked. And so we just kept going. My, I moved back up to Seattle. My business partner moved to New Orleans and we just kept growing the team. Now we're in Philadelphia. We're in uh, Idaho. We're wow. in Texas. We're in, we're still in Portland, still got a few employees in Washington. So yeah, I mean, and now the Channel Islands, thanks to me. So we're definitely, um, it, it just sort of it became more about finding the right people rather than worrying about where they are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think at the end of the day, what the common theme I hear amongst uh, successful businesses is uh, having a good team. Like it comes down to having a team that you can depend on and you can trust and and uh, collaborate really work well with and and uh, complement each other. And so it sounds like you know if you're able to master that, doesn't really matter <laughs> where they live. And and your company is is definitely an example of that. And I think trust is important because when you are a remote agency, you can't check in or check up on people. Like you have to trust that they're getting their work done. And so we do have systems in place that allow us to naturally see that without having to micromanage people and constantly check in on them. We did adapt at um, the beauty of having a husband who's an engineer and I could look over his shoulder (laughs) and be like, what are you doing over there? Is I was able to adapt agile really early and Mm. put in a lot of just these checkpoints from stand-ups to sprint planning to retros. And so it allowed us to really create that open and honest communication early on and build that trust at the same time. And then you can put in, you know, we initially started with Basecamp. We're now using Asana. You know, once you Mm. have that project management system in place, Mm -hmm. then you really can have easy checks and balances and, you know, ensuring people are are getting their work done. But, you know, the trust is easily built when you can also – like take care of your people. It, it mm. was a lot easier as a remote company to also really care about their life and what's mm-hmm. important to them outside of work. And, you know, between having families, between wanting to travel, you know, all of these personal aspects that bleed into your, you know, work life naturally, you have to take that into consideration when you're doing remote because yeah. one is not the other. Like you can set mm. up an office and you can close the door and leave it, but it's a lot without having that commute, right? Like the commute's a nice transition home to being mm-hmm. like, 
unraveling your day and talk about thinking about things that went well versus didn't. And then being able to like get into your house and like let go of the day, right? Like that's a lot harder to do when you're working remotely. Mm -hmm. And so by honoring people's work-life balance and really putting in those, those checks to make sure that they have that through these systems like Asana really builds that trust with your employees as well. So that, you know, with the freedom comes the accountability just Mm. naturally through Mm -hmm. your culture. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, um, I think people romanticize the idea of working remote and obviously given 2020, a lot of more people are uh, working remotely, but um, it's a lot of hard work. I mean, you have to build a solid foundation as you have, you know, thoroughly explained here to be able to build that trust and accountability for people to uh, work from home and also, you know, not just make them feel like they're employees, make them feel like they're human beings who have lives and families and they, you know, they want what they're doing with you to complement, you you know, other aspects of their life. And so when you accommodate that, yeah, that trust factor um, definitely, um, you know, shows itself in time. And so that's, uh, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, getting very, being very thorough about that because it's, it's good for, I think, businesses to, to know that and, and to continue to improve upon that as more of us are working remotely. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when the pandemic hit and everybody like scrambled to the ends of their apartments and houses to work <laughs> remotely, Oh, what I was hearing a lot through the grapevines uh, was that people felt like they were being micromanaged. Mm. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like, there was, because I can't see you and you're not physically here, how can I trust you to do your job and to do it well? And so, yes, it was nice that we were able to build all these foundational pieces out of the gate and yeah. layer them in nicely over time. But I still think it's possible to get them in place, you know, project management system being at the heart of your organization, I think can relieve so much stress and anxiety for so many people. Mm-hmm. If you can get it in place and get it in quickly and just allow the visibility without having to like poke at people to make sure they're getting their work done. Yeah, absolutely. I know another thing that you wanted to mention too, uh, Carrie, in regards to um, you know building a successful and sustainable uh, remote business is establishing values. So tell us a little bit about how the uh, the importance of values and why they need to be established early on. And you know, I imagine maybe even updated <laughs> yeah, as you go. Yeah, definitely updated. Yeah, we actually mm-hmm. just updated ours again. Very cool for the third time. Um, yeah. So when when we started eight years, you know, when Mike and I first met, my business partner and I, when we first met at our previous agency, it was the first agency I'd worked at that was actually sort of in that boutique realm. It was pretty Mm -hmm. small. I mean, it was still pretty big. It was still hundred plus people, but Mm. it was small from where I came from. I came from big agencies in New York. Um, And so the, one of the first things that happened is when you're hired, the CEO once a month brings in all the new employees and gives them the overview of values. And I was like, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. What are values? And they were very clear on what their values were. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's cool. I wasn't there long enough and I didn't interact with the company in a really um, deep way for me to really feel the values of the of the company. But I I brought that with me when we left and we're like, we need value. Like one of the mm-hmm. first things we did when we left was what are our values? Mm -hmm. And then when we hired people, it was like, well, do our values fit in with what they need? And does this still make sense? And so they've definitely evolved over the years, but our three values are people first. So Mm -hmm. making sure that we treat people as people, 
not just our employees, but our vendors, our partners, our clients. Like when the pandemic hit and our clients were trying to figure out how to work remotely, Mm. Mike and I were screaming from the mountaintops, like Mm -hmm. grace, grace and empathy for our clients right now as they are navigating this. Like if they need something and and we can give it to them, give it to them. Like whatever mm. it is, I don't care if it's a bottle of wine <laughs> to, um, you know, showing them how to use uh, Asana. Like mm. whatever they need, let's be there for them through this mm-hmm. transition. So people are definitely to be treated as people, and and that came through with us. Like as we were figuring out, okay, what benefits do we need? You know, mm-hmm. we were layering those in over time. You know, when we talked about flexibility right. and the hours people work and that work-life balance, like all of that came from the fact that we really wanted to treat people as people first. Yeah. And then the second one is big picture, which comes back to measurable media and making sure that like, while you're all experts and you're amazing at what you do, you have to be careful about not getting stuck in the weeds of Mm. your day to day. And you can look up, out and forward towards that end goal for clients Mm -hmm. so that we're always, whatever decision you're making, no matter how big or small, it's going against their KPIs at the end of the day. Like Mm -hmm. that has to be where we're always striving for. Mm -hmm. And then finally, upholding the MKG standard, our team has done such a great job of creating expectations for the clients on what work they should be expecting from us. Mm -hmm. And I laid it out in a very clear way of like what deliverables need to be every time from a simple email to a giant 10 page document, like, you know, what is it that we're delivering to clients and how is it what they have come to expect at all times, especially as we grow and add new people. Mm -hmm. And the reason why these values have become so important is because they are our guiding light to every decision we make Mm -hmm. from hiring the right people to bringing on the right clients and partners to what benefits we're going to offer to what kind of culture we want to have. I mean, when we talk about, when we're hiring people, we don't talk about culture fit. We talk about values fit. Mm, fit love that. Values. Do they come with the same values? Yeah. And that really helps narrow the pool down when you're looking across, you know, four or five candidates who have, you know, relatively same skills. They could definitely do the job, but are they going to be able to come in here and mesh mm. with who we are and the people that we have? Yeah, yeah. Wow, uh, Carrie, that's amazing. And I think those are, um, obviously that's what your company stands by, but I also think that our listeners will really benefit um, from possibly adding that to their value system as well with their company. Um, I feel like we have so much more we could share, but all good things eventually have to come to an end, which makes me sad because I've really enjoyed talking with you today. But Carrie, I just want to thank you so much for your time and for being here today on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Any closing thoughts before we go? Thank you for having me, John. It was awesome to be here. My last closing thought is that if you don't have values and you need to get them to pick up the book Traction um, by EOS, it goes through a great system on how to set your values up based off of your current employees. And it's just an awesome exercise to go through. So I would highly recommend it. Love it. Thank you for saying that. And it's recorded so I can refer back to it (laughs) and get, get the book for myself. Awesome. Again, Carrie, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you, Jen. Yes. And again, to our listeners, this is Carrie Gard, the COO of MKG Marketing. You can learn more about her and her company at mkgmarketinginc.com. With that said, thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com. 
Dot.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.